I'm going to kick off with a reading, which I've just realised isn't on the screen. But don't worry, guys, it's short and sweet. Um, so the reading is from 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 3. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So, hello, my name is uh, Mary. I'm one of the um, leaders here at St. Augustine's. And it's great to be um, with you. And welcome, hello, to anyone who is listening or watching online. It's great to have you as well. So as Newt said, today is our final, ep- um, final episode. It feels like that, doesn't it? Final in the series of um, Hearing from God. And today I am delving deeper into the gift of prophecy. But when we talk about uh, the gift of prophecy, some people end up going into digressions as to its meaning. But it really is a simple thing. It basically means hearing God speak. And so it should feel natural to us as children of God to be hearing our Father speaking. And yes, the gift of prophecy is a gift. There is a prophetic gift to be given, but that doesn't mean that it's not for everyone. Paul later says in the passage in verse 31, for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. And then later on in verse 39, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Paul is encouraging everyone to prophesy. But why does God want to release the gifts of prophecy? Why does he want to speak to us? The passage today suggests that God gives... Sorry, thank you, it's better. Um, That God gives us prophecy for three important reasons. For their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. We hear from God and we're called to share it with others. It's as simple as that. And so the main takeaway I hope you get in the next 20 minutes or so is that by the end of it, you'll be thinking, I can do this. But not only thinking, I can do this, also I'd love you to be thinking, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. God can use me to strengthen, encourage and comfort others because yes, he can use all of you. My life trajectory dramatically shifted because I both heard from God and others heard from God on my behalf. Now, I know I'm a broken record on this. I'm always going on about it. But my life changed dramatically because of going forward for prayer, saying, yes, God, I need you in my life. But the power was not only in me going forward. It was even more so in the people praying for me, saying, yes, God, I want you to speak to me. And then those words being spoken over my life. And so today, I just want to share with you three of those stories, and my hope is that in a brief retelling of them, you will capture how powerful it is when we and those around us hear God speak. So you're going to have three, some pictures of me during that phases of my life. <laughs> Here we go, number one. In my mid-twenties, I was in a season of my life where I was making bad decisions, and as a result of those bad decisions, life was tough. But somehow, God, in his amazing way, got me going back to church. I was away on an Alpha course weekend-esque equivalent, and I had been got at by the Holy Spirit. But even though I'd received heaps of prayer and had really connected and felt God's love for me, in the evening, I just felt so flat and upset. I was lying curled up in my bed in the hotel room and just sobbing my heart out. I felt so lonely, and I remember thinking, I just wanted my mum and dad, and I wanted a hug. No one knew I was alone. 
The church service on a Sunday night after any of these weekends away was always one to hear about the God stories from the weekend and also to share any words that anyone may have. A girl who I'd never met before who'd not been away on that weekend came up to the front and felt that she said that God had got a word for someone called Martha or was it Mary? At this point, I froze and audibly started bawling in front of a few hundred people. She said, God knew you were lying on your bed last night crying, and he was with you. I was dumbfounded. There was absolutely no way she could have known. Another time during this season of my life, right at the beginning of my back-to-church journey, um, a few years ago, a few years before that, I'd done something hugely regrettable and life-changing. I couldn't forgive myself. And my whole life at that time felt consumed by the grief and the guilt of what had happened. I was at church and they had a chance uh, for people to go forward for prayer, but there was no way I was jumping up to be prayed for. But it was one of those weeks, hear this, St. Augustine's, where literally over half the congregation came forward for prayer. And before I knew it, I was there, eyes closed, hands out, waiting for a prayer. And a lady who knew absolutely nothing about my life put her hand on my shoulder and said, Lord, I pray that you'll remove the guilt from this girl. And literally from that moment, my guilt was gone. The next day I went out with a, for a drink with my best friend who wasn't a Christian and she said I looked different because I was. That self-loathing guilt was over. I felt totally changed. Now, I know it's unusual for things just to dramatically change like that, but in this instance, it did. At another time during this not-so-good season, uh, this season took a while. God was really trying to get through to me. One weekend, I felt absolutely desperate. I felt so lost and vulnerable, and I was so confused by my life. I opened the Bible, and it fell open onto Psalm 51. Now, just a disclaimer, I wouldn't use the old opening the Bible and seeing where it opens. There's a genuine God speaking to you technique. But in this case, it worked. In Psalm 51, Newt's looking at me like going, what is she saying? In Psalm 51, David is crying out to God, asking for his, forgiv asking for his forgiveness and asking to be rescued, which is how I felt at the time. I needed rescuing. An hour or so later, one of my cousins texted and said, I've been reading this from Psalm 51, and I felt to message you. A short time later, another cousin, I've got lots of them, messaged the same verse. And then someone else I knew who most definitely was not a Christian, who didn't even own a Bible, messaged me and said, I've just read these words and thought you should read them. You guessed it. It was from Psalm 51. I was so shocked. To me, that was God saying, you may, feel, you may not feel in control of your life, but I am bigger than all of these things that are troubling you, and I am the one who is in control. These three moments were defining and unforgettable times in my life where God was so blatant in speaking to me, and I couldn't ignore him or his voice. Because of those words so bravely spoken to me by those courageous people, as it says in our passage in Corinthians, I felt strengthened, I felt encouraged, and I felt comforted. But if those people had a word but maybe forgot to text me, or maybe they weren't sure if it was God or not, so they thought they would leave it, who knows where I'd be now? 
If you think God has given you a word for somebody and it's wrong, nobody dies. Hopefully not. And most, pe- most people will appreciate the fact that you're even praying for them. If you don't say it, you have no idea what you or the other person can be missing out on. I will never forget those prayers, and I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the boldness of those people listening to and then acting on God's Word. They don't even know the impact that they've had, and yet those encounters genuinely changed my life. But how do we hear? We have to listen. Wealth, our second child, he's up here, gorgeous Wealth, has a busy mind, and he gets totally absorbed in what he's doing. His teacher even recently had his hearing tested because she thought he couldn't hear properly. But no, he just struggles to listen. When I want to get through to wealth, there is zero point in shouting. I have to go right up to him. I have to look him in the eye. It also helps if I'm touching him or showing him some kind of love and affection whilst I'm talking to him. And then finally, I get his attention and he can hear me and he can listen. When there are too many distractions... When there's too much other noise, he can't. And it's the same with God. In Psalm 46, verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. God wants to connect with us. He wants that intimacy with us because he loves us. Wilf can't hear me with his busy mind and distractions, and nor can we hear God unless we really connect with him and stop and listen. And in Psalm 31, verse 2, it says, and I like the message version of this, I've cultivated a quiet heart. And I like the use of cultivate because that suggests that preparation has taken place. Work has to be done to get to that place of stillness. God speaks quietly to us so that we draw closer to him. He wants that intimacy because he says that we are his friends and he loves us. In John 15, 15, it says, You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You get close to someone by sharing your life with them by being vulnerable, by telling them your secrets, by letting your guard down. And God wants to do all of that, us to do all of that with him. He wants to connect with us and share with him that intimacy because he wants to impart all of his love and wisdom to us so that we in turn can strengthen, encourage, and comfort others. We're meant to listen to the voice of our Heavenly Father. It's as simple as that. So we've stilled our hearts, we've drawn close to God, but how do we hear him? God speaks through ordinary ways that we can understand, and I think we often try to complicate it but, or doubt that it's God because it's not always a, a word of knowledge being given or it doesn't seem spiritual enough. But it really is just simple. When we're playing Chinese whispers, we really have to concentrate and listen to hard to what's being said, and it's the same with God. But we know we can hear him when we listen because the Bible says in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Recently, I was listening to a talk uh, where the speaker said that a colleague of his every day for a few weeks asked God for a word for someone. So without much thinking, but knowing I was going to be speaking today on hearing from God, I thought, oh, I'll give that a try. So I did. And I thought I'd give you three different examples, um, with permission uh, to share these, as to how it worked, because there's not just one set way of hearing from God. 
So the first examples of Wordfare are lovely Angelica Housted, who you would have hopefully seen welcome you today. And here she is on the screen as well. I was in bed about to go to sleep and Angelica came to my mind. It was quite prominent, but it was late. So I said to God, okay, if this is you, let me wake up with Angelica on my mind. This is often a tactic I use. Sometimes someone will come to my mind, often via conversation with someone else. And so I wait and say to God, if this is the right person, then he's got to keep it in my brain. In the morning, Angelica was still there, but the busy morning meant I didn't get around to texting her. I dropped the two older boys at school and then headed to drop the younger two at kindy. I was turning out of the kindy driveway and got distracted by something, and this made me randomly go the opposite way from where I'd normally go. This way has heaps of traffic, and I'm sitting in the traffic, and who do I see drive past me but Angelica and Phil? So this confirmed to me, I was like, okay, God, I get it, I'll text her. And so I did, and it turned out to be an encouraging word. Now, some of you will be thinking, wait a second, I know that they live in the same neighborhood. Of course they saw each other. But we weren't in the peninsula. My kids go to uh, kindy at Laidlaw, which is just off Lincoln Road. And Angelica and Phil were randomly going to a car garage there, um, just around the corner. So it was a very random meeting. Another one, this friend had been on my mind all day. It took me till the evening to text her, and I delayed the message because I felt it was fraudulent. I was questioning whether it was me and my already knowledge of her life, or speaking, or whether it was God, but I'd sent it anyway. A long text about God's love for her and some other more specific things with the Bible passage I felt God wanted me to share. And the friend replied saying, just bawling my eyes out over here. I asked if it was relevant and she said, extremely, I'm too emotional to talk about it, but I'll give you a better response later. I found out that the timing of the message was uh, crazily spot on and the situation she was in was super relevant too. I didn't know, but God knew. Another friend, last example, who doesn't live in Auckland, happened to be up here and I happened to need to meet up with him very briefly. I got home, he was on my mind, and I kind of felt God saying he, um, that there was a word for him that, and to tell him that he was a good enough dad. But that kind of didn't sit right with me, so I just thought, oh, I'll message later when I've got more time to think about it. But then I felt God saying, no, it's even more simple than that. Just tell him that he's good enough, nothing else, and tell him now. So I felt almost embarrassed to say something which to me seemed really vague, um, but I stopped what, was do- what I was doing, I sent the text, and he replied saying, and now I cry, very helpful, spot on. I have no idea what was going on for him at that time or why he needed to know that. I didn't need to know, but God knew. So what did I learn by doing this? Here are some of my top tips. Timing. So many times I thought what I had to say was a bit meaningless or basic, but actually the timing of it was spot on. God knew what they needed to hear and when they needed to hear it, even if I wasn't convinced. Waiting. Sometimes God speaks and you know straight away that you need to message the person right there and then, but I'd say that's in the minority of times. Most time I would get a name, I'd wait, I'd ask God for some more information, I'd wait, and I'd, the waiting either confirmed or not if I was in the right place. Keep asking God. At each step of information, I'd be asking God, is this the right person? I feel like you're saying this, but is this right? I've got a picture. What do you want to say through that? Recognizing God. I feel like I've now got to the point where I can 
kind of work out when it's God and me. I'd say I still need a, on the big themes, I still need a bit of practice deciphering the details. Um, but generally, I think I can recognize. And I know this, my heart rate will start increasing. I, the person will not get out of my head or I get a strong sense of the Holy Spirit. Or I'll start writing thinking I'm going to write one or two rhymes and it ends up being a whole big text of stuff I didn't even know I had to say. Or God had to say, I should say. Be brave. My life wouldn't have changed without those people being brave and putting themselves in a vulnerable position to stand up and share what God was saying to me. It's better to go for it than not to. As I said earlier, no one's going to die. We're not meant to be telling people bad stuff about their lies. If it doesn't strengthen, encourage, or comfort, don't say it. So even if it's not spot on, but it's an encouragement, most people I'm sure would be grateful to have people sending up thoughts and prayers. Which takes me on to the next point, which is disclaimer. So some people sitting here will be thinking this disclaimer sounds very familiar over those past couple of weeks. Um, But with every message I send, I start with, hey, hope you're good. I just feel like God has put you on my heart and has given me a few things to share with you, blah, 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 blah. And I end with, if none of this resonates, then feel free to ignore and just be encouraged that God just wanted me to send up some extra prayers for you today. Have a great day. Simple, easy, disclaimer. Keep it simple. You don't need to be changing lives. I'd put pressure on myself to come up with these words of knowledge that I couldn't have possibly known. And yes, God does do that. But often it's just simply just encouragement. Sometimes I felt like a fraud because I already knew what was going on in their lives or intuitively I felt I knew before I'd even asked God. But that's a great base layer for God to be working from. And it can be so simple. Those three words God gave me for my friend, you are enough, was all that they needed. We don't need to complicate it with more. Practice, practice, practice. It's supposed to take 10,000 hours to truly master something. Now, I don't know if that translates in the heavenly realm, but the more time practicing and listening to God, 100%, the more time I find it easier to tune into his voice. I did this intentionally for 14 days, and I cannot tell you the boost it's given me in my faith. God's voice became so much more familiar just in 14 days, and it's kind of just carried on instinctively afterwards. And if you want to practice and start praying for people, or if you want to find out more about prayer at St. Augustine's, we'd love to have more people on the prayer team. And so please do speak to me afterwards if that's something you might be interested in. And lastly, just give it a go. Why not? What have you got to lose? Yes, it was slightly overwhelming and a touch emotional and exhausting for those 14 days, but the payoff in my faith was worth all of that. It was meant to strengthen, encourage, and comfort the people I was praying for, but I got that 14 days straight. Bonus. We're also holding a Kingdom Come uh, night, a night of worship ministry on Tuesday the 1st of November, and if you want to pop that in your diaries, it's another great opportunity to hear from God and to practice hearing from God for others as well. When you learn to cook, you can read all the books, you can watch all the videos, you can hear all the talks, but the only way to learn to cook is by actually cooking. Today you can hear all these stories I've told, you can hear about my 14 intentional hearing from God days, but unless you try it yourself, today is just words. I'm never quite certain it's God until I've kind of passed it on. And that's where faith comes in. I think I'm hearing from you, God, and I'm just going to step out and say it. 
In Romans 12, verse 6, it says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. It says we prophesy according to our faith. And God wants us to grow in and exercise our faith more. So let's grow in the gift of faith so that we can grow in the gift of prophecy. God is always speaking to us, and we need to still our hearts and tune into his voice because his word brings life, it brings hope, it brings healing, it brings restoration, and it brings transformation. And we're all meant to do it, the whole church, not just us on the platform, not just the staff team, not just the prayer team. This is for everyone. It's for you with your friends and your neighbors, at your workplace, at the school gates, with your family. It's not just used to, needed to be used within the church. We should be sharing it outside of these walls too. Because when we do still ourselves, when we do listen for God's voice, when we have the courage to speak it over others, everything can change. How many of us today would love to be hearing all the time God speaking directly into our lives, into the good and the bad? How many of us need healing in an area of our life, be it physical, emotional, or spiritual? Surely we all do. My life was transformed because of the boldness of others. My hope was restored because of people saying, speak to me, God, what have you got to say for this girl, Mary? My faith was reignited because others lift, listened on my behalf. They said yes to God when I wasn't able to myself. And we can all of us here do that for each other. Don't rule yourself out of the action. Don't think, I can't do that. Don't think, that's just not about me. Don't think, that's not my gifting, that's for someone else. Because I want to encourage you today. God wants to encourage you today that 100% that is for you and it can be your gifting. God wants to use you. God wants to use us all, no matter where we're at, no matter how big or small our faith is, no matter how worthy or unworthy we're feeling. God wants to use us. God wants to use every single one of you. Let us be individuals today who are brave and open to God. Let us at St. Augustine's be a church who make the time to be still and to listen to God. Let us be a whānau who speak, over those, speak those words over others that God has whispered to us so that we can be a community who strengthen, encourage, and comfort those around us, leaving lives forever changed. Let's pray. Should we stand as well? Father God, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us here, Lord. Father, I thank you that you have got words that you want to speak over everyone here to strengthen, to encourage and comfort. Father, I feel there are people here who have previously ruled themselves out of this. And God, you're saying to those people today, this is for you. You are someone who carries this gift of prophecy. I want to use you to speak that truth and encouragement over others. So, Father, let us be bold today. Let us say yes to you. Let us have the courage to, to go to places to listen to you in ways that we haven't before. 
so that we can speak your goodness, your love and your truth to those around us and to those people who don't know your voice, Father. Amen.